0: Syracuse basketball continues to put frowns on our faces, but this time we kind of uh we kind of predicted it. All right. We we are not often correct in our predictions, but this time, as I texted Owen about before the game, Kihei Clark was in my dreams and nightmares. Uh maybe we were the only ones worrying about it. Maybe Joe Girard was too. He was six for 17. We'll talk about the game and everything else on lockdown. Syracuse starts right now. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Monday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making it your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. That's linkedin.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Uh Syracuse lost its last basketball game to Virginia, 73 to 66. The Cavaliers moved up to 11 and 3 on the season. The Orange dropped to 10 and 6. Um you know, this was a game Owen where we both predicted this loss. We both predicted a Virginia cover, which I don't believe happened. Um so Syracuse
1: I I think I cover. had a Syracuse cover.
0: Oh, did you? Okay, I
1: think I said maybe you got high it all right. single digits. Maybe I forget. I'll I have to fact you. check. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, this game it started out really bad. It got worse, and then as you clawed back into it, one bucket at a time, just too little, too late, uh, didn't work out. And I mean, you know, Virginia was incredibly tight knit. You know, and that's what you get with a Tony Bennett team that is really, really uh, experienced. I mean, that guy's the most handsome coach in the country, uh, and his offense is the most handsome offense in the country. I mean, they pass the ball so beautifully. They execute so well on the offensive end, and then they play stifling defense. So you can't give them an open three, and it's really tough to get a bucket. So honestly, with that, in a game when they didn't have Benny Williams – I'm I'm you know I'm okay with how they performed. Obviously I want them to win, but it could have been a lot worse. So I'm okay with it. I'm not thrilled, but you know I'm not in despair saying they have no chance. I mean they still have 10 wins uh you know just at the beginning of conference play here. There's a lot of basketball to be played. Uh and they still have a chance of course.
1: Yeah, I mean I look at this game and I see the first three minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half uh, in the first two and a half of the, the one H Syracuse gets down 11, two. And in the first four minutes of the second half, Virginia opens with a 12-0 run. That's the difference in this game. Slow starts, not being able to come out uh, and, and be competitive early on because I will say this, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, trying to find positive spins, as much as I can, because it's, you know, as a fan, it's nice to have some positive things and some positive thoughts. They fought in this game and, you know, decently deep into the second half, they were down 23 and this is a single digit loss. So they, they showed some fight. They showed some heart. They said, you know, we're not just going to roll over and die. We're going to continue to do anything we can. And they gave a little fight. I will give them that. But we said this early on in the season and throughout a lot of, you know, Syracuse's closer wins, at some point, the slow starts were going to catch up to you, right? In a lot of that sort of Notre Dame, Oakland, Georgetown, Monmouth, Cornell stretch, um, even, I mean, BC, Louisville, up to the most recent wins, they have fallen behind early in games and have been, you know, clawing from behind and clawing back, and fortunately for Syracuse, they've been able to, to climb out of those holes with relative frequency, but as you saw with the pit game, as you now seen against Virginia, right? When you dig yourself a hole that's that deep against ACC teams that aren't Louisville, aren't BC, it's, it's tough to recover from. And it's something that you're going to find yourself in the loss column far more often than the win column. If you continue to let teams get up on you early and start quick and you continue to have difficult, slow and nonproductive starts in this game. Uh, I do think that you know, they know how to operate the zone. They know how to beat the zone. They really do. Uh, Kihei Clark just is a pest at the, uh, at the foul line and can do so much from there. And it's incredibly difficult to defend because of, you know, the team that Virginia has and them really not having a true number one scorer and just five guys on the floor that are going to move the ball around and find open guys and find open shots and, they're going to be successful doing that, right? They do a really effective job. Same thing as they normally do, right? You got five guys in this game scoring between 10 and 16 points for Virginia. That's how they operate. And playing against a zone with Clark being as effective as he is doing what he does. Uh, it's it's a game that is very difficult and a difficult matchup for Syracuse. And when you, in the first two you know, two and a half minutes of the 1-H and four minutes of the second half, You, in six and a half minutes, essentially dug yourself a 23-2 to deficit, coming out slow, and you couldn't climb out by the end of the game.
0: Yeah. More specifically, when you look a little bit more micro, I want to talk about the four and the five positions with you. But before we do that, let's talk Joe Girard here. Because Joe Girard, this might be the most – Exemplary game of what Joe Girard's importance to this team is this season. In this game, Joe Girard, I mean, from a quick glance, you probably don't think he was all that good. And maybe you're right. Six of 17 from the floor. He shot one of eight from two. He did shoot the three ball incredibly well. He went five from nine from behind the arc. He had 19 points, led the team. But the thing is here, and if you watch the game, you'll know that the real stories that the offense. A lot of the time runs through Joe Girard, and we've said it once, we're going to say it many times, this team's going to go as far as Joe Girard takes it, and if he is going to show up and be electric and score 28 to 30 points, they're going to be able to beat any team they play, you know, bar a few. Um, But if he has a game where he really struggles inside like this one or has a hard time doing anything on offense other than finding an open three every now and again and, and hitting that, there isn't much to go off of. And I'm really not one of the biggest Joe Girard haters out there. I don't think the guy is, you know, I, I think he's a, a good basketball player, but I just don't think that he's ever going to succeed as the number one uh, on a team. And that's exactly what he is right now. And battling with Judah Mintz to kind of uh, orchestrate that offense. Cause I mean, if we're really thinking about the offense right now, it's so it's push and pull. It's either, You know, every time they have the ball, you're thinking whatever a Syracuse... This is the mind of a Syracuse basketball fan when Syracuse has the ball. Okay, is it going to Jesse? Where's Jesse? Okay, he's not open. Okay, oh God, here comes Joe. Joe's got the ball. What's he going to do with it? Okay, give it to Judah. Judah drives. Oh, that's a bad shot. That's like 90% of offensive possessions, right? I mean, am I wrong? I'm really not. So they have this weird thing where either Joe's going to take a three or Judah's going to take a bad shot sometimes, Jesse will put the hammer down. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but a lot of times it's Joe going one of eight from two or a lot worse than five of nine from three. So, I mean, they're at this point in the season where, you know, and and I've said this before too, you've got to stick to a game plan. You have to have a game plan and, and stick by it because right now the offense is just not, it's not where it needs to be. I mean, I don't think it was terrible, but, You know, when you're playing a team like Virginia, you have to put up points. They're a great defense. You have to be able to put up points.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of problems in this game in terms of being able to get points up. And as you said, we'll talk Jesse and, and, you know, the bigs in a little bit and that whole situation. But, you know, where I look at Gerard right now and, you know, you, you mentioned he was solid from three in this game, going five of nine from deep. But when you look at this continually, right, you see that he's one of eight from the floor inside the arc. And, and a lot of that is, you know, he can frequently get himself what for a guy of bigger, better size and better height uh, are going to be good looks, but just, he is undersized and it's very difficult to finish at the rim uh, when you are of Gerard's size. And he, I have no confidence, whether it's, whether it's right or wrong, he's not getting calls a lot of the time going to the hoop uh, and will end up on the floor and not get a call and whether that's you know because he's smaller or because he's flopping or whatever it is or if he's just truly getting hacked and they're not calling it he doesn't get the call a ton uh and so he struggles to to finish at the rim i remember i think it was maybe a game or two ago the you know the commentary team was talking about it uh and when he's trying to finish in transition it's so difficult to be able to finish at that size without being able to dunk because layups are blocked 10 times easier than a dunk attempt. Uh, and it's something that, you know, you've seen so many times with Gerard, and is it's difficult to figure out And something that, you know, obviously if he goes five of nine from three, you're pretty pleased. You're excited at that kind of performance, right? Going over a 50% clip from deep in a game is always difficult to do, especially when you, at this point are commanding the defensive attention that Joe Girard does. Uh, but, You've got to be able to finish at the rim, or that's got to be distributed better, right? Use the fact that people are defending you getting to the rim because you're getting, you know, really hard contests and hardly or difficult contested shots. Um, look for a dish, right? See if you can figure out how to distribute off of that uh, because that is what's going to happen, especially against teams that run solid defenses and have some size on the interior. Uh, you're you're going to continue to be blocked and struggle to score from inside the arc.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, he had a couple opportunities, you know, with those layups. That just, I mean, when you go against a team that's physical and, and is kind of, you know, um, you know, those guys are are they're known for their defensive prowess. Um, and when you're five, whatever, six foot one, uh, and you're going up. There, I mean, it's not going to work out for you. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk bigs. This one brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering qualify or quality can- hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Whew. Okay, back here on Lockdown Syracuse. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We're talking Syracuse basketball right now. Let's talk the big situation. Benny Williams uh, was had an illness of the flu or something before this game, could not play. Um, it was a non COVID illness. That's all we know, really. Uh, so that means that your boy, Owen, JBA, got the start. John Bolajac got to start a Syracuse basketball game. And, you know, in 10 years from now, when you're remembering John Bolajac in, in orange uniform, uh, you'll go on his college basketball reference page and you'll see that he started one game. And you'll be like, I'll never forget it. He played four minutes after starting that Virginia game, immediately turned the ball over, immediately committed a foul and did
1: not play again. Um, yeah, that was, Jay uh, here. it was a short-lived excitement from me. Um <laughs> Four minutes of it. Was, I was overjoyed. I was excited. I was ready. Uh it, it it didn't quite work out. He didn't quite have it. And uh a, a good reason for that is because the second Malik Brown hit the floor, Malik uh, he put together quite the case. That guy's the man I've been saying. He put a case together for a chunk of minutes immediately.
0: Thirty-six minutes for the kid. The freshman puts in 36 minutes, 10 points, eight rebounds, two steals, a block. He was good, man. Shot four or six from the line. You can work on that. Malik, I'm telling you, this kid is good and should play 20 minutes a game. I really do believe that. He also, like, he can drive. There's not a lot of players on this team that can drive. He can take the ball at the three-point line, drive inside, and score. He did that in this game. There, that kid's Cannot be said about a lot of players on this team. So Malik Brown's my guy. I'd love to see him play a lot more. I loved what I saw from him in this game. He plays the four really nicely. uh, But, you know, while Malik Brown played well, Jesse Edwards did not. And that's another conversation that we have to have. Because Jesse Edwards last year burst onto the scene and was a man unhinged. I mean, he was... Just crazy good, and it all started with that Battle for Atlantis tournament where he started playing really, really well, and then he never really looked back from there. I was looking at his game logs from last year because I was curious uh, because in this Virginia game, he only scored however many points, four points in this game, four points against Virginia in 26 minutes. He shot two of five. He only took five shots. So I was wondering last year how many times did he score single digits? Uh, the answer is eight times he scored single digits, though one of those times is the game he got hurt against Boston College and only played 13 minutes. So I'm going to scratch that one from the record and say it was seven games. Um, they lost five of those, six of those, five of those. Uh, and this year they're 0 for three, zero and 3 when Jesse scores single digits. It's quite clear to me that he is the key to winning in a lot of situations because you're going to have your – 16 to 18 from Judah, and you're going to have your near 20 from Gerard on many nights, like he did against Virginia. But you need that third player to put in work. You need Jesse Edwards to go out there and give you something every night out. He's supposed to be your senior center. He's been here. He has put the work in. He has grown. He ha- he was in talks for most improved player all until he got hurt last year against Boston College. Why is he not the same player? What is the story? Am I missing it? Maybe I'm judging him too harshly off of one game. He has had good games this season. not saying that. Notre Dame, he had 22 points. Georgetown had 20. But when you look at that list, a lot of the teams he played really well against aren't strong competition. Georgetown, Northeastern, Lehigh, Oakland, Bryant, Monmouth, those are his best games. He had a good game against St. John's and a good game against Notre Dame. But other than that, he struggled. And I want to know why.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I have a pure answer for you. I will, you know, add to your You're statistical... the Jesse
0: Edwards whisperer.
1: Just kidding. It, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue the, the statistical addition here, right? Games one through 10 of this season, which takes you up to Georgetown, he was averaging 15.6 points per game. In the six games since then, so Monmouth, Cornell, Pitt, BC, Louisville, and Virginia, He's averaging nine and a half. So he's down about six points per game over the last six game stretch. Uh, And it's been a decline and he doesn't seem as dominant. And I remember early on in the season, you know, every time we were talking about offensive struggles, the, you know, the narrative, the conversation, the idea was, you know, you really should funnel the ball through Jesse a lot more. He's been really effective. He can score. He's got the size. He's been able to distribute a lot better. Like he sees the floor pretty good for a big and, you know, is drawing some, some double teams, leaving guys open, it's going to get you a lot of opportunity. I haven't seen that in the last couple of games. I haven't seen that dominance out of him that you expected him to have. And, you know, he's still getting his fill on the rebounds, but as the center on this team, when your forwards aren't rebounding, right, you're the only one that is rebounding. And that's what you're going to continue to have to do. Uh, The rebounding numbers are still what you want them to be. And he's been an effective rebounder this season, but the scoring is something that I don't think we expected to dip as much as it has recently. Like it's, it's continuing to take big hits. And I mean, this is not like something that I, I see the easiest of fixes for, right? You got, I mean, pretty much shut out by Caden Shedrick uh, who is about your size right it's not a the craziest of differential in terms of size between the two of you and you got shut out you got shut down there weren't really successful moments from you and you weren't really able to to do what we assumed you could or were excited to see what you can do and it was not good i mean it really is is something concerning because the ACC's got some decent bigs right and you're looking in this stretch at teams that are playing good basketball and teams that are playing good basketball typically do so with decent size and the ability to guard the interior. And it's, it's going to be difficult because I don't know what fix there is. I don't know what it is, right? Maybe it's just a little couple of flukes, but we're starting to right. This is game four, game five, game six in this stretch where he has been significantly less effective offensively, uh, in terms of scoring. Uh, I mean, if you look at numbers, I mean, even numbers, like percentages-wise, percentages have dipped, right? That Oakland game, he was 9-for-9, Georgetown 10-for-14. Like a lot of games where he's shooting, as you should, as a big, you know, over 75%. And Virginia, is 2-for-5. Louisville, he's 4-for-10. BC, 3-for-8. Pittsburgh is 4 for 8, Cornell he was 5 for 6, but he's had one game where he's shooting 50% from the floor of his last 6, which is is, you know, showing effectiveness, not just, you know, he's not getting shots, but he's missing shots. Uh and missing at a far greater clip than he was uh for a lot of this season and it's it is of concern. And I that's the only big I focused on at this point, uh but there is a lot more to talk about in terms of bigs. In uh, the forwards here, I, for what it's worth, I mean, what's going on, Benny? You miss a game for, for illness. He started a game for like three minutes early in the season and didn't play the rest of the game because of illness as well. I hope he's all right. Uh, this is like two yeah. games now uh, where there have been, you know, illness-related minutes restrictions. And one where I think he played maybe five or six minutes um, and then obviously doesn't play at all. In this game, what game was it? It was, uh, I think it might have been Bryant. He played the first five or ten minutes and then uh, had uh, had some sickness and didn't play the, the remainder of the game. game. Could have used him.
0: All right, let's take another quick break. This one brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball, it's all at betonline.net. And they, they got sports podcasts, too. And we know you love those. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Um, yeah, I mean, we talk about Jesse a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously, we know it's, he has the talent. But, you know, like you mentioned a little bit ago, as, you know, the thickness of ACC play is now picking up, and you've had four straight games, in those games he has not been good. And, and over that stretch, he's averaging eight and a half points. The rebounding is there, like you said, but it has to be. Um, the blocks are there, so the defense is there, but but the scoring isn't. And it's arguably the most important part, although if you took the other parts out, you might agree or you might disagree. Um, obviously Jesse has to be there if they're going to win, but I mean, I guess it's just perplexing to me as to how he's not like, what is the story? And it's not like it's, I mean, he's only taking five shots. You know, if he was shooting, I mean, use your, your orange alumni's mantra here. I'd rather you go over 30 than zero over nine because over nine would mean you stop shooting Dion waiters. All right. Put some shots up, Jesse. Come on, man. I, want, I, I, I would so much rather him be 6-for-17 like Joe Girard than 2-for-5. Come on, Jesse.
1: Yeah, I will say this in terms of being able to figure it out and gain some confidence. This next sort of four-game stretch is, is pretty favorable in terms of the size of, of bigs for the other team uh, and for the opposition. And, I mean, we, we saw it early on. Notre Dame is by no means a big team and you're going to have some size advantage and ability to do that.
0: They had no Virginia answer for Jesse
1: last game. Virginia Tech has some size, but not a ton. I mean, you got Lynn Kidd, who is 6'10", but doesn't play a ton, is playing like 15-ish minutes a game. Um, you know, a couple of guys with some size, uh, 6'9", but – Nobody really huge in that game. And then Georgia Tech is tiny. Uh, I feel like they're – I'm looking at their Ken Palm right now. Their tallest guy who's, you know, in terms of contribution is six 6'7". Uh, they do have Rodney Howard who's 6'11", but plays, you know, marginal minutes, like 15 to 20-ish. Um, so there's not a ton of size in this upcoming slate for him, which – is positive in terms of being able to, to maybe get back into a rhythm, get back into some flow, get a little bit more comfortable fin- finishing, scoring ways to to be able to get open and, and continue to show like that. But it's I don't think anybody here is questioning his ability uh, or anything like that. But it's you know you've seen what he can do. And you want him to be able to do that against everyone. And obviously, right, I'm not saying it's supposed to be equally simple to score against, you know, the best bigs in the ACC as opposed to a non-conference big that you maybe have four or five inches on and 30 pounds on or something like that, right? I, I understand there's that jump in terms of difficulty. And everyone, you know, ideal world, it's equally simple to score in both facets. But I think just because of, you know, what we've seen him been able to do this season and last season as well, uh, and the jumps he's made in his time since getting to Syracuse, we want him to always be outstanding. And it's it's unfortunate. and It's frustrating to see uh, because of what you want from him and what you know he can do. Uh, so to have a stretch like this is it's tough and, and you always are looking for for simple fixes. Uh, I don't know what the simple fix is, but I think this is a good stretch to be able to figure some things out um, before as we talk. Right there's, it's a, it's a, it's a decent test. Uh, I didn't talk too much about Miami in terms of size. They're not huge. They really aren't. Um, I'm looking at size right now. They got two guys at six, nine, uh, but 210, 215, right. These are not units down there, right. It's not an undersized in terms of height, uh, with a lot of body fat and a big boy, things like that, right. They're all games where Jesse should have a size advantage. Uh, And I think that you're going to need to uh, be able to prove yourself with that size advantage and show that, Hey, right. I'm a, I'm a formidable foe down low uh, and and someone that you don't want to mess with. And you don't want to see, because I am going to give you nightmares on both the offensive and defensive side. Uh, We've seen him do it. We know he can do it. This is a stretch to get back to that point. Um, But right. There are bigs lingering on the horizon in the ACC. Uh, and it happens after that North Car- or that Virginia Tech game uh, is North Carolina. You start messing with them, and you start messing with the big man, Armando Baycott, and nobody, nobody wants to mess with that man. Uh, so let's, let's get some momentum building uh, going into that game in terms of Jesse and seeing some improvements. Agreed.
0: Um, and with that, thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the brand-new podcast, Lockdown College Basketball. Experts Isaac shod and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus hear from the big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Lockdown College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.